0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, man, do I have great news for you. BetOnline continues to get it done as the number one source for all of your sports betting, whether it's horse racing, golf, MLB, the NHL, and NBA playoffs. It's all there with the latest odds, team matchups, and more. All you have to do is head on over to your mobile device or betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. Use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V to get started. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with BetOnline, where the game starts. You know, folks, at St. Bonaventure University, I learned so much about storytelling and we're just coming off the March basketball, the Final Four, all that good stuff, right? The NFL campaign, you name it. And I got to tell you, St. Bonaventure University now offers an entirely online master of arts and sports journalism where you will learn all about that kind of a storytelling situation. Many students, in fact, have gone on to cover sports on the big stage like myself, Woj, Mike Vaccaro, Tim Bontemps, Donna DeToda, Bill Hoppy, Ryan Talbot and many others. SBU is offering an entirely online Master of Arts and Sports Journalism for newcomers to the field. There are no guarantee exam requirements for admission, and listen to this. You can enroll with a bachelor's degree in any field. Your love of the game and drive toward innovative storytelling finds a home at BANA. The sports journalism program can be completed in less than two years with flexibility built into the curriculum and experienced faculty teach interviewing skills, journalistic ethics, and other essential skills for success in this profession. Now, get in touch with an enrollment advisor today at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com and learn how you can become a sports journalist. Do it. I'm telling you, it's a special place. SBU Journalism.
0: Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter.
1: ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, the title sponsor of the program. Stanley Law Offices Together. They'll work to get you the maximum reward, and I do want to throw a tip of the cap, thank you, out there to associate sponsors: Stumble and Monkey Brewing Company, Welch and Company Jewelers, Liverpool Physical Therapy, Camillus Golf Club, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and Brian Comboy of Mass Mutual New York State Tax Efficient Retirement Planning. Go with Brian today on Facebook, on LinkedIn, advisors.massmutual.com. Your financial plan is secure and ready with Brian. I'm telling you we're really happy about our future whether you're you know you're starting to have kids, you're moving into a new house, maybe you're you know downsizing because your kids are out of the house, you're retiring, whatever the case may be. Brian Conboy is the guy. Mass Mutual New York State. Go get him at advisors.massmutual.com. That's advisors.massmutual.com. Super thrilled to bring onto the program a good friend of mine who's got a lot going on these days. Of course, he is a host or CBS Sports Radio from 6 to 10, uh, WFAN, NFL Network's Top 10, MLB Network, New York Accent Pod, of course, is out, and uh, it's tremendous, so go get it on major platforms where you get podcasts on your smartphone device, and you can hit them on Twitter, at DA on CBS, at DA on CBS, must follow, and of course, DamonMendelara.com, that's DamonMendelara.com. DA, what's up, buddy?
0: I'm doing good, Mike, how you doing?
1: Things are fine, and let's start right out of the shoot here. I got to go download this podcast, New York Accent. What's it all about? Tell my people.
0: Well, just launched this project about a month ago. We're up to episode four. And, you know, doing radio is a wonderful thing. I love it. It's fast moving, and we cover a bunch of topics. But the one thing is, you only have about eight to ten minutes per guest. And so I really love the art of digging into a guest long form and getting stories out of them. And anybody that knows my career and my work, I really love the history of the game. And so we tried to put something together and it's a long form interview podcast which centers around great sports figures and sports athletes and coaches of New York. Those that have played in New York, coached in New York, succeeded in New York or failed in New York because New York City and doing it is just such a different beast compared to almost anywhere else, and so it's called New York accent because these are the people that have had some type of influence over the sports scene in the Big Apple over the course of their career. So we've had some amazing guests already. Mookie Wilson debuted it, episode one, talking mm. about his relationship with Bill Buckner after Game Six of the '86 World Series. Otis Anderson, former Giants running back, Super Bowl MVP, was episode two, and his plea to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, of which he has a pretty good case. And we've had some amazing guests on. I had Joe Klecko on, recent Jets Pro Football Hall of Famer. And the stories from his career are just wild, including kind of feuding with his teammate Mark Gastineau because he was such a showboat and Klecko was such a put-his-head-down type of guy. And then we just released this week Mike Jarvis. My conversation with him, he was the St. John's coach the last time they were any good back in the late 90s, early 2000s just ahead of Rick Patino and what to expect at St. John's and how to kind of navigate recruiting in New York city and doing it in New York and what it would take. And he also coached Patrick Ewing back in high school. He had some really poignant stories about, you know, the, the abuse, the racial intolerance that Ewing faced as, as they were going through things at Cambridge Latin up uh, outside wow. of Boston back in the early eighties. So it's such a thrill to be able to get, you know, background stories we get to guys 45 minutes an hour sometimes even more so we really get to pull out some great stuff that I've never heard before and Kinda of put it all together for uh, for a podcast
1: well I when we hang up I'm gonna go download and subscribe to this baby. I'm addicted to that kind of stuff as well, and obviously you know how much respect I have for you you're you're one of the best out there I mean that's all there is to it, and certainly you're 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 a radio guy uh old school type of a thing here cBS sports radio f a n obviously we get your pretty face on TV a lot you know through the two networks with NFL and MLB. But, you know, podcasting is kind of where it's at today. I mean, it's it's hard to grow that brand. We're kind of all swimming in the same waters. But now you're doing both. I mean, you're a national radio guy and you're doing the podcast thing. So um, I, I love podcasts. I love doing my podcast. I loved radio. I mean, I like them both, but they are in a couple ways similar, but in a lot of ways, they're just completely different, DA. Because as you know, like, AQH is big in radio, average quarter hour. you got to be on the clock. With podcasts, you can kind of just go. Where do you see similarities and differences with the podcast radio thing in terms of the approach to the new pod?
0: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because you're right. There's clearly parallels. You're delivering content via audio. You're speaking into a microphone. You want to make sure you're doing compelling content that people want to stick around, come back again, etc. cetera. But the pace is way different because when you do a podcast, it really is an intimate conversation either with your audience or with a guest. And there's no time limit. There's no, there's no framework that it has to be. There's no, let's make sure we get to the next thing because we've got this all scripted out. And so that allows it to breathe and be far more about storytelling. And I really love that part of it. And both you and I, grew up on NFL films or any of those old, you know, footage and and stories and 30 for 30s and stuff, documentaries. And so that's kind of what I wanted to capture in an audio form, which I haven't really been able to do with a radio show. So I I know that there's space for both of these two things in in the audio world of the sports world reaction, and so that's that's never going to go away, but they also, there's far more stories that you can tell and conversations you can have when you do podcasts, and people also want stuff on demand. They want it when they want it, so like I just said, I mean, I couldn't really tell anybody, okay, go back to last Tuesday's DA show and listen to our number two, because there you'll really like my take on Lamar Jackson, but I can say subscribe to New York Accent because you can go bang, 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 bang Four episodes, all of which between forty-five and sixty minutes, and listen to A, B, C, and D, and uh, you know it's kind of like binge watching on Netflix. So it's really cool to do them both because I, I think it's um, they two different muscles to to, to
1: use, and um, you know you can do different things with each that are really fun. Yeah, no doubt. It's that's a great answer. Um, let's dive into just a couple of sports things here. Um, it's really official. Jim Beheim is not coaching anymore. I mean, this really did happen. I thought I'd never see the day. Where were you, would you think, when you heard the news? And did you think maybe it was made up? Because the guy, I never thought, I I, I don't know. DA, it's one of those things, you know, living in Central New York, growing up here, leaving for a bit, coming back, covering the team. I literally, I'm telling you the truth. I thought I'd never see the day, really. I thought he was going to die on the court.
0: It was painfully behind the way that it ended
1: I agree. because
0: yeah. even at the end yeah. he couldn't just take a bow appreciate the appreciation and go softly he was a fighter he's always been in combat whether it was referees <laughs> media critics opposing coaches he's just always been in combat and so he just didn't know how to do this and there was a better way. The the way was for somebody in the administration to say, Jim, we'd love to have you do a victory tour. We want you to do like Coach K a full year and everywhere you go and every home game is gonna be uh, you know, a victory lap for you. And yeah, either he refused or they didn't earmark it that way or whatever. By the time we got to him fighting with student media this year, and then doing the the piece about how everybody's cheating except Syracuse, and the college basketball is on the downturn, and you know this is why all the good coaches got out. It just felt like, well, if you hate everything about the sport, then you really shouldn't be coaching in the sport anymore. And because um, you know, it what ended up happening as a Syracuse grad, it became depressing. Because he was he was only giving the negative portions. I thought of the sport. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't joyous anymore to follow Syracuse basketball. It was it was laborious because he was dictating all the bad things about it. We, you know, you watch sports to get away from the bad things, not to be reminded of how bad the sport is. So. It just it had to end, and then when we got to the ACC tournament, and he couldn't really even answer whether it was a, resi- a resignation or a retirement, and, but he had already given his retirement speech, and you guys just weren't smart enough to realize it, and nobody understood, but it was like, okay, so we're doing the semantics of who knew what, when, and whether we were supposed to interpret a certain speech a certain way. It just—it should have been happier. It should have been nicer. And I know that once we got to the 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 Autry press conference, it seemed to be okay. The bows put on it, but <laughs> it just—it should have been better. But I guess it couldn't have been better because Bayheim's not wired that way to make it nice and clean and easy.
1: Yeah, I did some videos on exactly what you just said, and I agree 100% with you. I I I watched the whole thing. I was disappointed. But yet, after a day kind of sat and I kind of had this thing marinated a little bit, I said, you know what? Yeah, it was ugly. You know, I I don't know if he resigned. You know, I don't know if they gave him a timeline. I don't know if they said, well, you have next year left on your contract. We're definitely not bringing you back. Do you want to go now? Do you want to go then? We're not going to bring you back. Um, Who knows behind closed doors, DA? But I got to tell you, after I let it sit a little bit, I thought and I said, yeah, but you know what? This is exactly how that guy wanted to go out. He wanted to go out, putting his dukes up, battling with the media, making people ask 300 questions, wanting to you know people to guess, uh, wanting the attention on him. Uh, that's Beheim. that's Jimmy B, and that's how it it, it happened. And, and and yes, the the presser was great, but I got to tell you, uh, just recently, what was even better. Uh, I wish I could have gone, but the Will to Win documentary with Mike Waters and the Syracuse.com crew—it was a packed house at the Landmark Theater here locally, and they went through everything and they introduced Jim, and and the place went nuts and erupted, and it really got to him. You know, I was texting with Waters about it. And he 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 lost it. He cried a good bit. He lost it during that.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that. I saw some of the social media promotion for it. I would love to see that film, and it might be. A situation where jim couldn't take himself out of what he had known for 50 years to recognize like people just want a chance to say thank you they want to nobody wants the legend the icon of the program to be fired pushed out be angry what have you everybody wants a chance to, to reminisce and be, oh man pearl and Wow! remember the 96 row with John Wallace, oh, the 87 final four, man, the, the, you know, the championship in Oh three, people want to reminisce and be happy. That's why sports exists. Give them a chance to do so. And Jim just couldn't. And so it doesn't surprise me that when he finally felt it, you know, and maybe things were the valve had been, you know, taken off and you know, suddenly that all that pressure could be released that he finally felt something maybe he didn't think he would ever feel and then mm-hmm. got choked up about it. But, I mean, that's that's why Coach K did that victory tour. It's why these guys announced their retirement because then you get to be serenaded with the things that maybe you never felt because you were under pressure to win and whatnot. So I'm glad he finally felt that because it's deserving. It's just you you got to put your guard down a little bit to feel it, I
1: guess. Yeah, you're so right. He is Damon Amendolaire, of course, DamonAmendolaire.com, and his new podcast, Go Get It, New York Accent, on the major platforms. And, of course, a superstar radio talent for CBS Sports Radio, 6 to 10 a.m. on all of your affiliates and on Twitter, at DA on CBS. couple quickies left here, uh, DA. Let's go to the, the, the offseason here with <laughs> the Jets and Giants. My goodness, the Circus, Aaron Rodgers, and all the rest. What a season the Giants had last year with Dable and Shane in there. Uh, where do they go in the drafts? When will, if he will be a Jet, Aaron Rodgers, when will he be a part of that team? Uh, g- give me your State of the Union here on the New, York's, uh, New York pickskin scene because it's a wild one.
0: Yeah, Rodgers will be a Jet. This thing is going to get done. When it gets done, I don't know. It depends on whose appetite is, is I guess, uh, you know, more harsh because the Jets certainly want him in camp, but the Packers want the pick for this year, I'm sure, or picks. Uh, if I was the if I was the Packers, I, I would acquiesce to what the Jets are talking about. Um, if these reports are true, which is okay, we'll give you some picks, but we want some insurance picks coming back or a pick coming back in case he only plays one year. That seems fair to me. I mean, if you're going to hold out for a number one or, or multiple twos to give the Jets some assurance, well, you know, hey, you know, if he's only going to be there one year, then it should not be a, a king's ransom. I think is fair. Um, however. I think the leverage sits with the Packers because the Packers don't mind if they just kind of keep Aaron Rodgers at bay. They don't need him. They, they like Jordan Love. The Jets need him uh, in camp, and they want him. There's no plan B. So the Packers ultimately will dictate this, but it'll get done. Uh, I think for the Jets, you know, you can't help but look at the offensive line. If you're going to bring in Aaron Rodgers, you already have good wide receivers. You seem to have a really good young running back in Brees Hall. This is about protecting Rodgers. So they got to invest in the offensive line a little bit to the same degree of the giants you've invested now in daniel jones um you have to support him and so i think wide receiver is very critical uh, as a void for the giants so i would expect them since they didn't make a big splash in free agency at at wide receiver to draft a wide receiver sometime in the first two rounds interestingly for the first time oh gosh maybe since the early 2000s I mean I don't even know when both the Giants and Jets feel like they've got a plan and they've got a good team and that they both compete for the playoffs next year so we'll see if it it happens but I, I think for the first time in a long time New York football feels like there's competency and a plan and that's been in short supply for a while.
1: Yeah, no doubt. How about some outlooks? I mean, people won't hear this for for, for some days down the line. We'll be into the baseball season by, oh, I don't know, a week, week and a half. But um, obviously, as we record this, off to a bang, the Yankees are with with Judge Homering and Volpe. It looks like he's a really exciting young player. Uh, Garrett Cole was great on opening day. Verlander lands, you know, on the IL, obviously, but Scherzer's still there for the Mets. Uh, we know the deal. Something always seems to happen to the Mets. The Yankees haven't won the World Series since 2009. Uh, the combined payrolls are, what, north of $600 million? Do I have that right? Uh, yeah. Why don't you throw me your state on, on the other big-time sport going on with the Yanks and the Mets? And, and and Will, as a follow-up question to that, will one of these teams reach or win a World Series this year? The
0: Yankees will be good. I worry about their starting pitching depth, these injuries early on of the season, sure. uh, in spring training are definitely a worry. Uh, They'll get them all back, so that's good news, unlike Edwin Diaz. Mm. But, you know, this is an American League that's been the the house of horrors in Houston for them. The Astros are still going to be good. And now you've got other good teams around you in the American League. I think the Seattle Mariners will take a step forward this year. Uh, And, you know, the White Sox are probably better than they were under Tony La Russa. And uh, you've got some good teams in the American League West. Uh, so it's not going to be an easy AL for the Yankees and Abbey, but they're going to be right back in the hunt. The Mets have a, a, a bigger struggle. You know, I, I think Verlander's going to be fine. This is kind of a minor thing. But the Diaz injury is crushing Oof. because he's the best closer in the league or one of them, and you don't really have a plan B, and you lose him for the entire season, and those guys don't usually become available uh, until the trade deadline. And even then, you're probably not going to get one as good as Edward Diaz also are playing in the National League East where the Phillies were really good last year, nearly won a World Series and got better with Trey Turner, and a um, you know a, a division where the Braves just won a World Series two years ago and should be really, really good again and won 100 games last season, and a National League also where the Padres are absolute beasts and it's hard to navigate. So I think that the Mets are in a tougher position after losing Diaz. However kind of like I'm talking about with the Giants and Jets. In New York, both teams have hope because now Steve Cohen has proven, I'll do what it takes. And so you just know that the Mets aren't going to sit in their hands all season and wait for a season to unravel. They're going to be proactive. So it's an exciting time. I think both teams play deep into the season, competitive games. Um, and I think it's going to be a wild summer because with Steve Cohen now, The the Mets are a wild card in every single maneuver uh, in in Major League Baseball, and the Shohei Ohtani thing is going to be A, B, and C if the Angels stink this year. They got to trade him. The Mets might be the number one uh, candidate to trade for him at the deadline.
1: Okay, final thing. Um, You know the Rangers are right there. They've got Shusterkin. They've got a tremendous, tremendous lineup built up the middle. Love the defense. Uh, love them picking up Patrick Kane love them picking up Tarasenko, and you know better than anybody da when that building is rocking in the playoffs man the garden uh, the let's go Rangers chance the game night the pregame I mean it's 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 an electric amazing just spectacular uh uh situation and and experience I've done it once the Ranger playoff games are unbelievable I think this team is the is the team that has the best chance. I don't know about winning the cup, because I think if you get to the cup, we, we know things can still happen in a separate seven-game series. And sometimes you can spend everything for the, you know, the championship series or the conference finals, like the Yankees, for example, it did in 03 against the Red Sox, and they lose to the Marlins. But I think the Rangers are the team in the East, above everybody, above Pittsburgh, the Islanders, you know, above everybody. I think that they have the best chance to oust the Bruins in the playoffs because of the goalie and the way they're built. Rangers, yay or nay, get into the cup.
0: I agree that if there's going to be a team in the East that knocks off the Bruins, the Rangers are best poised to do so. And I would love to see that series in the playoffs. Oh, man. They are both fantastic. <laughs> the Bruins have been such a runaway train. I couldn't pick against them. I can't say the Rangers are better, Mm. but all those points you bring up are excellent. I love the Kane addition at the deadline. And now, you know, the kid line and the depth scoring wise early on, they took on some water and now they stabilized. And really over the last two months, they've been absolutely on fire. That garden is ridiculous during the playoffs. It's going to be ridiculous again. And the goaltending is absolutely crucial for the Rangers to defeat a historically great Bruins team it's the Rangers but at the moment I'm still picking the Bruins.
1: All right. Fair enough. Well, this was awesome. It was so great to connect. It's actually been a long time and uh was was super excited uh, to have you come on and Talk about everything, of course. He is a national talk show host, CBS Sports Radio, and, of course, a new podcast called New York Accent. All over the major platforms. Go download and subscribe. I'm going to go hit that follow button myself right when we hang up. And you can get him on Twitter, at DA on CBS, at DamonAmendalera.com. That's at, uh, at DA on CBS, again, on Twitter. DA, you're the best, man. Good luck, continued success, and I'm going to hop on the pod. That's my afternoon listening for today, my man. Awesome. I appreciate that, Mike. Anytime, buddy.